Hi guys, I have to tell you about this amazing event that we're sponsoring and is a, we're a part of. It's called Attune by Living Holy and my good friend Jenny Emblem, who you can listen to in this feed, her uh, Sunday School episode is called Attune, is hosting the most amazing, beautiful event right outside of Atlanta, November 8th through 11th. It's a four-day wellness experience to optimize health from the inside out. She's featuring amazing inspirational speakers, interactive workshops, immersion in nature. Let me tell you some of these names. The Elizabeth Gilbert. Can you believe it? Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert, Gabby Bernstein, Sierra Rose, Shaman Durek, John Wineland. The list goes on and on about these amazing speakers and authors and just motivational individuals. It is uh, located in Serenby. And Serenby, if you haven't been there, it's a mystical urban utopia. I mean, it's incredible, guys. There's acres of forests and meadows and nature trails. Uh, there's going to be amazing fresh food and clean air. And you get to just immerse yourself in your own well-being and attune yourself to you to nature, to each other. It's going to be such an incredible experience and I'm so excited that we get to be a part of it. So if you live in Atlanta, you should definitely stop by at least for a day, if not the whole thing. The website is attunebylivingholly.com and then people are flying from all over the country to attend this event. So if you're not in Atlanta and you're one of our listeners, somewhere else in the country. The Atlanta airport is pretty close to this event. Fly in, easy breezy, head to Serenby. You are not going to want to miss this event. If you come, look for us. We're going to have a mini modern mystic shop and we're going to be doing readings and stuff. So again, a tune by livingholy.com uh, and you're not going to want to miss this incredible opportunity. Welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight. I am your podcast host and the owner of Modern Mystic Shop. And I'm stoked today because Adela Rafa is back. And I try not to play favorites. I really do love all of our guests, but I have a particular soft spot in my heart for Adela because uh, she, we work with her. We bring her in to work with members of our team. She's worked with members of our family. Um, Brandon and I also sort of uh, met her through many, many years ago, the same kind of training. So we know a little bit more experientially about her background. And we're just so lucky that she keeps coming back to do these Sunday school uh, podcasts with us. I think actually she's our most frequently recurring guest. If I guess I think um her she's been on three times if I'm not mistaken. And I'm so glad that this week she discusses about the art of adulting. Oh my gosh, you hear everyone say adulting is hard. It is hard. You know, there's a lot going on in the inner and outer terrains of us as, you know, young people and older people and it's just really tough sometimes to, you know, do that self-parenting. And that's what Adela is teaching in this class. The five keys to mindful self-parenting. How to explore, expand, and shift your parental paradigm. And that's sort of like inner child work. And I know that sounds hokey, but this stuff really works and really, really heals. So regardless of how old you are, this class will certainly, certainly benefit you. And I know I was just bragging on Adela, but some of her further credentials. She is a Gestalt Therapy, NLP, Mindfulness and Awareness Training Expert. So those are her specialties. She's certified in all of those things. She's a teacher, trainer, speaker, workshop facilitator, healer, and practitioner. She is so, so much more. And uh, I just really am so sure that this class is going to help you on your own personal development and transformation journey. So without further ado, The Art of Adulting with Adela Rafa. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And thank you, Modern Mystic Shop, for inviting me to come back to teach again. 
And to you mystics for being here this morning, I know you have a lot of choices, so that you're here with me today, I appreciate it. So my name is Adela, and I won't spend too much time talking about myself. If you're interested in learning more about me and how I help people uh, make powerful, positive change in their lives, you can visit my website, adelarafa.com. And you can uh, also sign up for newsletters. I send out nuggets every month, and you can find out where I teach classes around town. I actually have an upcoming class to go deeper into the art of adulting early November, so you can look for that. So, the art of adulting. What does it mean to be an adult? Well, I'm 50 and I'm still working on it, okay? Uh, it's, uh, I was saying something earlier, adulting is, the good news is it's not a destination, and the bad news is it's not a destination. So how do you know when you get there? Well. Let's, let's practice a little bit in here today, and we'll see if we can get a step closer. Um, let's do this first. I'd like to kind of have you get in touch with what adulting or adulting means for you. Okay? Because everybody holds a vision or holds an um, idea of what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like to be an adult. So if you will, get comfortable in your seats, take a couple of breaths, and close your eyes. Now imagine, if you will, the image that comes up when I say adult. Adult. What is the image that comes up for you? Who is adult? What does that look like? What does an adult sound like? What might they say? What do you hear? What does an adult feel like? What are you in touch with? What are you in contact with? What are you aware of imagining an adult? If you have the image, just give me a little nod to let me know you're there. Okay, good. Awesome. Okay, so take one more breath and open your eyes and be back here in one modern mystic shop. Hi, come on in. So um, let me ask you this. How many of you thought of somebody other than yourself when you thought of adult? Raise your hand. So some of you thought of somebody other than yourself as an adult. Who thought of themselves? Great. A uh, little bit, right? Yes, because we're still growing into the adult. Um, the people who who thought of somebody other than themselves as the adult is um, very common. It's very common that we're still walking around looking for the adult to show us how to, what to do next. <clears throat> and I'm gonna share my personal story so you can get an idea of why I'm teaching this class. Like I said, I'm 50, but um, I usually say that I was 19 until I turned 35. Um, I was slow on the maturing level emotionally. Um, I had quite of the other aspects in place, the job, the family, the house, the cars, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, but my emotional 
and mental was at 19 for about 15 or 16 years. And before I launch into my story, I want to know who of you um, <clears throat> were here or listened to Brandon's um, ritual class. Anybody? Okay. So Brandon posed a very good question. He said, who is in charge of your life? You remember that? Who is in charge of your life? It's a very good question. Another way I ask it is who is in the driver's seat? If you are the vehicle driving in this journey called life, who is in the driver's seat? Who is in charge? And for me, it was my 19-year-old for a long time. And I like my 19-year-old. She's a lot of fun, very adventurous, um, kick-ass attitude, um, not afraid of anything or anyone. I got a long way um, at, as a 19-year-old. Um, all those things that you heard me say that I accomplished, that was my 19-year-old. Um, climbed a corporate ladder, I wasn't afraid. Um, very ambitious, very adventurous. I moved to America when I was 19. I mean, I had $200 in my pocket. I was fearless. And, uh, and so I got a lot of things done. Um, and I wasn't challenged at all until I was about 34, 35. And it was my nine-year-old child that challenged my adult. Right? <clears throat> we had a... Um, conflicts at home, and uh, I remember one time it was really, really bad when she was challenging every ounce of me, and I remember looking around at the house, very overwhelmed, very frustrated, um, about to go into full panic mode because I didn't know how to take care of a nine-year-old, and I remember looking around for where the heck is the adult? When are they coming to fix the situation? Because it's overwhelming. And I realized two things. I was that adult, at least in age and in stature, um, but not on the inside. And I realized the second thing. I had no tools. I did not know what to do next. She's nine. I was clueless. So I did. Um, the next best thing, which was I ran to the toolbox that said adult stuff here, and I opened it up, and it was empty. Uh, the only thing that was in there were the tools that I had inherited from my parents. And they didn't work on me, and clearly they would not work on my daughter. So in desperation, I called my friend, and he said, why don't you go and see a therapist? Maybe they can help you. And so, uh, in my household where I grew up, what happens in this house stays in this house. We don't share stuff. Can anybody relate to that? Right? So, the, the thought of sharing with a stranger that I couldn't raise my child seemed uh, not something I was comfortable with. But I was desperate and the pain was bigger than my embarrassment, so I made an appointment. And so I went to see this therapist, and see, she suggested that um, I tell her what's going on. So I said, my kid is out of control, no boundaries, no limits, doesn't respect authority. The list was long. And the therapist told me something that changed my life completely. And she said, uh, your daughter is fine. Let's work on you. And I was insulted. Like, how dare you? Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Clearly, there's something wrong with my kid. I mean, she's disrespectful, doesn't listen, slams doors, raises her voice to me. And the therapist said, Adela, your daughter is fine. Let's work on you. And I had to eat humble pie. Um, it was not very good, but it was, uh, it was what I needed. Um, and I decided to listen because clearly the tools that I had and my own ways were not working, and I was very frustrated. 
Um, have you ever been to a situation, everything is going well, something happens, and then you realize the pain to stay this way is too big and you're willing to do whatever it takes, right? And that's where I was. Hi. And so I decided to go to therapy. And lo and behold, um, working on myself really changed everything in my household. So be the change you want to see. I got to practice that one. So <clears throat> the 19-year-old, my inner 19-year-old, had been the vehicle or driving the vehicle in this journey called life, and he wasn't working anymore at 35. So I had to practice becoming an adult with new tools because my toolbox was empty. And the, the first thing was looking at who am I? Like, who am I? And the, um, going back to Brandon's ritual class, one thing in there he said that I also took away was there is three ways you can grow yourself. If you, if you, didn't, if you weren't here and if you haven't listened to it, I really recommend that you listen to the podcast um, it's on rich, something about rituals. It was in August, I think. Um, but he said, there's three ways you can grow yourself. Spiritually, physically, and emotionally. I agree with that, and I'm going to add one more. Mentally. You have to grow mentally as well. And all those four aspects, mind, body, emotion, spirit, is you as a human being. And earlier when I said who is in the driver's seat, who's driving the car, well, if those four as aspects are the tires on that vehicle, you have to check those tires, you have to rotate them, you have to make sure there's air in all of them so that when you're traveling, the ride is smoother, right? So the... <clears throat> The four aspects, if you, were to take, if you were to take inventory right now, today, of where you are in all those four aspects, where are you right now? Mind, body, spirit, emotions. Where are you? How old are you in all those aspects? Like, how old do you feel? Like, you have a chronological age. But do you feel that age on the inside, too? We all probably know adults, grown-ups, who don't act very maturely, who are immature, right? And we all probably know little kids who seem way wiser than their age, right? For different reasons, different circumstances. Um, and like I said earlier, adulthood is not like a destination. It's not, oh, I'm 18, now I'm adulting. No. I mean, I was 35 and I didn't know how to adult. So it's a process, it's a practice, like everything else we do. Just because you turn a certain age, or you get a certain job, or you get married, or you have a child, or you buy a house, doesn't make you an adult, per se. It's like a mindset, it's managing your own life. Does that make sense to you? So the five keys or the five steps that I practiced, so I'm sharing with you how I became, uh, how I went from 19 to 35 to now 50. <laughs> and, and there is so many different ways. If you Google how to adult, there is a slew of information on how to do it. Um, so I'm not saying that my way is the only way or the right way. It's the way that worked for me, and I'm sharing it with you. So you can get like, maybe a starting point or some new tools that you can put in your toolbox. Does that sound fair? Okay. So the first one, and I can really spend a whole hour on this one, but I won't. Um, the first one is take responsibility for yourself. Seems easy enough, right? And the reason I can spend a whole hour is taking responsibility for those four aspects of yourself, every tire, if you will. 
So the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, and the mental. And if we list it, there's all kinds of ways to practice adulting in each, right? So taking care of your body, what does that mean? It means you eat well, you get rest, you have fun, you exercise, you, um, you, know, you take care of your health, you go to the doctor, you go to your health practitioner, you take care of yourself. And you listen to your body. When the body is giving you signal that something is hurting, something is off, you're off balance, you take responsibility for your body and you listen. Same thing with the spirituality. Like, how are you practicing your spirituality, whatever that means for you? There is not one way. There is a thousand ways to do that. But what is your way? And how are you committing to a practice that keeps you in alignment with your inner spirit, with your inner world? Emotionally. Like, emotional practice is, uh, is a lifelong learning. Right? Because emotions, uh, it's, um, it's a way for our bodies to communicate with our mind <clears throat> that, hey, something is off balance, something is uh, maybe is a boundary that's been um, violated in some way, crossed. And so we feel emotions. We get mad, we get sad, we get angry, we get, do we know our emotions? Do we understand why we feel the way we feel? Do we inquire and investigate? Are we in touch with ourselves? That takes responsibility to take care of your emotional hygiene, as I call it, right? We learn as kids to brush our teeth, make our bed, go to school, do those things, but nobody teaches us about emotions. And a lot of us get what we shouldn't feel instead of what we can feel, right? Don't be angry, don't be sad, don't cry, get up, sit down. I'll give you something to cry about, blah, 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 the list goes on, what we hear in the household. Or it's the other way. Like, you get to run away with your emotions and nobody is teaching you how to manage them and how to soothe yourself, how to feel your feelings without fixing them, without doing anything about them, but actually being in tune and watching them, feeling them, allowing them. How many here have ever spent any time ignoring their feelings or suppressing their feelings? Yeah, hiding their feelings, being mad at themselves for having feelings? What's wrong with me? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? There must be something wrong with me. Anybody relating to this? I see somebody laughing, good. Yes, of course, right? Um, so it takes you, yourself, to become the adult, the parent, if you will, to help yourself in those situations. Let me say that again. Becoming an adult, in a way, is about reparenting yourself, right? When I realized the tools that my parents gave me weren't working, I no longer could use what I had been given. I had to reparent myself before I could even attempt to parent my daughter. And yeah, it's taken me about 15 years. <laughs> because my patterns and my belief systems were so ingrained in me that when I got mad, I did what we did in my household. When I was happy, I expressed it the way I had learned, I was taught. When I was, whatever emotion, name one, I was afraid, I knew how to behave in those situations. But that was somebody else's model for me, that wasn't my model. And so developing your own model that works for you so you don't look to the outside of yourself when you need answers. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask people for answers because we all need mentors and teachers and um, 
therapist and, and whatnot in our lives to help us get there. But at some point, wouldn't it be nice to not have to do it all the time? To actually go within and see, okay, what works for me? Instead of getting everybody else's opinion to what works for me. Right? Getting somebody else's opinions is great too. I'm not saying don't ask anybody. I'm just saying that learn to listen to your own inner voice. Because at the end of the day, most of the time, when you ask everybody else for opinions, don't you go with your own way anyways? Don't you say thank you, but I, I know what I'm going to do. I appreciate your ideas, but I think mine are better. Right? So, um, <laughs> you're laughing. Yes, it's true. So, um, Adulting or becoming an adult is about learning to master your own inner landscape and taking responsibility for that it may take some time. It may take some exploration, it may take a practice of this works, this doesn't work, and give yourself time and space for making it happen. It's not a decision that you make, you flip the switch, okay, I'm going to take responsibility, now I know everything I need to know. It's a practice. It's a practice. Let me see. I got a little cheat sheet to make sure I don't leave anything out. <clears throat> Let's take a look at the word responsibility real quick. Responsibility is the ability to respond versus the ability to react. Right? So responsibility is the ability to respond to what? To life. Because life is happening. Ready or not, life is constantly moving, shaking, happening, flowing. You can sit and resist as much as you want. It's still happening. So if you can learn the ability to respond and be in the flow of things... Trust me, it's going to help you get there, wherever there is, a lot smoother. The ability to respond to situation is, one way that I do it is my ability to respond to situation is I set my emotions aside for a moment to look at facts. Because sometimes my emotions can take the best of me. And if I make decision from an emotional place, Sometimes that can be a reaction versus a response. So while I'm listening to my emotions, like, ooh, that really upset me. Instead of making a move on that, I sit with it for a moment or two or five. I wait until the emotion has settled a little bit the feeling is settled, I acknowledge my feelings, and then I can make a factual move. Like, what needs to happen here next? So I wanted to just, when you think about responsibility, think about the ability to respond to a situation, to a person, to a thing, right? Things, places, people. Um, so responsibility. That's what I wanted to say about that. Um, and it's the ability to respond to life, what you need to do in order to take care of yourself, too. The second key is very similar, a little different. <clears throat> it's accountability, the ability to account for yourself, right? There is um, responsibility involved in that as well, but accountability, it's really up to you. Like, it's your life. So how you want your life to look like and be like is really up to you, taking responsibility and taking account for what's going to happen for you. You want to live in a nice house? Great. What are you going to do to make that happen? You might need to get a job. You might need to pay the bills. You may need to do what it takes to have the things you want. You want to be in a relationship? Great. You're accountable for yourself in that relationship 100%. Not 
not, you can't blame your partner for things when they get rough. I mean, you can, but that's not being accountable. That's not taking responsibility for yourself. So accountability is taking account for your life. We, this is it. This is our lives. It's never too late. It's never too early. It just is. Right? People say, oh, I've, I've wasted so much time. No, maybe that was practice. Maybe that was just a way for you to know, to experience your life this way. I mean, I loved being 19 until I was 35, until it didn't work anymore. It didn't work. And I could have stayed 19 until now, but it would have been a lot more painful and more suffering and more conflict. I did not want conflict. I wanted something different. I wanted peace, calm. I wanted order. I wanted um, relationship with my kid, not conflict. So I had to change my way. So I had to be responsible and I had to be accountable. I was the parent. I was the adult in the household. It was up to me. Not my nine or 10 year old, right? She was responding or she was actually reacting to what she experienced as chaos in my household. So I had to be accountable for that and change it. So accountability. And in accountability, I think of accountability too as my account, like my bank account. And a responsible adult does not avoid looking at how much money is in the account or how much isn't in there. Um, we take responsibility and, and account for um, our shopping habits, our saving habits, all the things that you're supposed to know as an adult. If you don't know it, like if you don't have tools on how to manage your money, find a good teacher. Ask somebody who has a lot of money, what did you do? <laughs> who's your banker? Who's, you know, who's your financial advisor? Right? Instead of doing what I did when I, you know, I, I, I went to the toolbox and there was no tools there, don't do that. You know, if you, if you realize you need tools for your financial well-being, there is a ton of resources out there. Go resource yourself. That's one way to take accountability for your life. So intellectually, most of us know what we need to do, right? We, maybe we don't like it. It's too hard. I don't know where to start. Anybody ever felt that way? I'm overwhelmed, so I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to Netflix. <laughs> right? Uh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll figure it out tomorrow. It's too hard today. And you know what? I deserve a day off. I've worked so hard. <laughs> stories we tell us. Um, so the adult thing to do is doing things even when you don't want to, pushing through. Right? Do you ever, does any of you remember being little or maybe it was more like you were in middle school or high school and it was your mom or dad woke you up, it's time for school, and you're like, oh, I don't want to. You really don't want to. I have a headache or I don't feel good or boring, right? <clears throat> but your parents made you do it anyways. And you know what? Sometimes it was a really good thing that you went there because, you know, you got to hang out with your friend, you learned something new, whatnot. It's the same thing. Now you have to be the parent that wakes you up and makes you go to school for yourself, even if you don't want to. I don't want to go to the gym today. I'm going to have a chocolate cake instead. It's like the adult would say, you know, if you go to the gym, you can award yourself with something. You know? It's um, the adult is the responsible and hold you, holds you accountable for yourself. Nobody's coming. Like, uh, it was very clear to me when I was looking around for the adult to come and fix my situation that nobody was coming. And, that, uh, and the one that I was looking for was me. So learning to grow yourself is really the entire message here today.
is learn to grow yourself in all areas of your life. And it's, it, it may seem overwhelming, but one step at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, yes. Right? The elephant is huge. It may take a while to eat the whole thing, but one bite at a time, you'll get there. Same thing with adulting, you'll get there. It's a process, not a destination. Okay, third. And I was debating whether to put this one down, but it really what, what I had to do for myself, and it's, uh, I call it meta-learning, meta-learning, like learning how to learn, because I had to relearn everything I knew and learn new skills, new ways, new, um, just where to look for new learnings and new experiences. And um, what I realized was in order to have change in your life, you have to learn new skills and new tools and learn about yourself even. So learn to learn and never stop because when you stop, when you stop learning, you become stagnant, right? You don't grow yourself anymore. <clears throat> so learn to learn and, uh, and not just about like, I can hear myself, it's sounding like adulting is a hard, boring thing to do, but it's also in responsibility and accountability in learning to learn, it's also how to have fun, you know, how to play how to try new things. Remember my 19-year-old who was very adventurous? I'm still adventurous. I may not do the same things I did at 19, but I still, at 50, want to have adventures and have fun. So I still do. And I'm learning new things. I'm always learning. I'm a lifelong learner. That way I'm always challenging my mind I'm challenging my physical body. I'm learning new spiritual things. I'm learning more about my emotions and going deeper in my emotions. Learning how to be more intimate in my conversation. Learning how to ask deeper, uncomfortable questions that you know, I want to explore for, for myself. And having those difficult, courageous conversations instead of avoiding conflict, I'm, I've learned how to have courageous conversations. So when there's conflict, ooh, I don't run away or, or Netflix, I, I actually open a dialogue. But it's something I had to learn. I didn't have those tools. Um, are you still with me? Is this helpful information to you? OK. Um, number four. This is something I had to do, too. Um, and I call it cultivate virtues and values. Ooh. Um, but what that means for me was um, I needed a GPS, an internal GPS to know what do I stand for? What do I believe in? What is um, the virtues I want to embody and practice? That, that way, I was getting to know myself a little bit more to what works for me. Like, generosity is important to me. Um, uh, courage is important to me. Discipline is important to me. Still something I struggle with at times, but it's important, and I want to practice those virtues that are important to me, and I want to stand for those. I want to embody them, and that helps me in my relationship. That helps me at work. People can count on me to be those things that I say that I am. Like integrity is really important to me. If I give you my word, you bet. I'm gonna honor it, right? It's because I'm practicing that virtue. And if I can hold my word to you, if something happens, I will apologize, I will take responsibility, and I will be held accountable and I'll learn a new way, or a different way, or maybe it's a new boundary I need to practice. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll look into it, right? So, knowing who you are, knowing who is, who's running your life, 
Who is in charge of your life? Who is in the driver's seat? So, okay, you put the adult in the driver's seat. Like, who's that adult? Like, when you imagine an adult in your mind, is that the one you want to be in the driver's seat? If it is, awesome. You, you, your journey is really smooth. Um, if it's not the one you want to drive your car, what do you need to learn? What virtues does she need or he need to develop? So that the driver is somebody you trust, somebody you respect, somebody you honor, somebody you want to co-create your life with. It's, it's actually you, but the aspect of you, right? The adult aspect. And when I say reparenting, you heard me say reparenting, how do you reparent yourself? It's really becoming that adult that you wanted as a child to be your mom and dad. And maybe you had a mom and dad that was awesome. I'm not for blaming parents. Um, being a parent myself, we do the best we can with the tools we have. I don't think any parent wakes up and intentionally want to harm their child or mess them up. And it's a very small percentage of those people. They're not here today. Um, so reparenting yourself is acknowledging that there, there is different aspects of myself. And that's what you learn about. Like, usually it's the scared kid. Um, there is the adolescent or the teenager. And usually the adolescent and teenager is what, rebellious maybe? Um, pissed? Um, proving themselves? I have something to prove. Um, and be becoming the, your own parent is about um, learning to parent all those aspects of yourself so that you are clear on who is driving the car today. So when I want to have an adventure, I might put my teenager in the driver's seat. I'm like, you get to drive today. I'm going to sit right next to you and you better buckle up, but we're going, I'm going to let you drive. Right? Because she's a lot of fun. And she is a little bit more reckless than my adult is, but in a safe way. And with my adult on board, holding her boundaries and setting the limits, right? We can have a lot of fun. And the same thing with my, with my little kid. My kid was what, very playful. She likes to play. And sometimes I'll let her drive. But the adult is in the car. Like a lot of times the adult is not even in the car. For some people, they don't even know. Like, oh, or she's in the back seat. Or he. Or they might be, they might be in the car, but they're asleep. They're completely unconscious, right? So it's just about waking up. Um, so that was virtues and values, the same thing, values. Like we all have values that live inside of us. Sometimes we don't know what our values are until they're challenged. And then we get to look and see, are they my values or somebody else's values? Do I believe what they believe? Am I in alignment with the job that I'm working at? Do we have the same value? Or am I selling myself short? Is it, is it harming my spirit, my soul? to work here or do this, right? Those are all part of taking responsibility for yourself being hold, held accountable. Like if you're working at a job or a place where it's so far off your values and your beliefs, like you, you have to take responsibility and hold yourself accountable for that. You can, you can make a change. It may not be an easy change, but you can't blame anybody else for remaining, remaining there. You chose it. You're there. You drove the car there. Well, one of you did. You drove the car there and you parked and you're in there. If you want to change, get the adult. Make some changes. Okay. So that was number four, cultivating virtues. Um, and the fifth one, 
is what I had to do, and I'm still working on that. It's developing my own inner authority. Because clearly, even if it was unconscious, the authority figures I had were outside of myself. When I was looking for that adult to come in and rescue me or tell me what to do, that was an outside authority. That wasn't an inner authority. My inner authority was 19, and you don't have a whole lot of authority at 19. You have some, but it's usually based in, well, a 19-year-old's mindset, right? So growing your inner authority is, goes kind of hand in hand with developing the adult that you needed for yourself. So looking at qualities and looking at what that looks like, what does that sound like, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to, when you are in authority? Have you ever said no as a complete sentence and felt really good about it? Yeah, that's authority. That's your inner authority when you set a boundary and said, this is not working for me. Thank you for the invitation, I'm busy. I'm Netflixing tonight. <laughs> um, so developing an inner authority is, is, is a practice. It's a practice. There was people in authority all over, like in politics and whatever, and um, we may not have good feelings about them. And so when you think of, when you think of authority and it's outside of yourself, if your authority is outside of yourself, Whatever you feel about or believe about authority out in the world is what you're going to resist growing in yourself. I'm going to try. Whatever view, believe, or feeling you have about authority outside of yourself is what you're going to resist growing in yourself. Because if we look at authority, if we feel authority is not somebody we respect, look up to, and honor, or have a good relationship with, then we're not going to grow it in ourselves. We're going to resist growing it. It's going to be a, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. It's stronger than I'm going to do it anyways. Sometimes we have great authority, let's say, in the workplace. At 21, I was managing people twice my age, more than that. And I was respected, I had authority, I told people what to do all day long. So I had that type of authority, but I didn't have my inner authority. I wasn't managing myself in a way that was productive and that was in alignment, that that honored my, um, my values and my virtues. You know, life was happening to me. You know, it happened to me. And I had to change that story and have life happen for me, with me, not to me. So when something happened, I, I would have a fit. I would get angry, I would get frustrated, I would find somebody to blame. Anybody here ever done that? Who can I blame? Yeah, of course. So instead of blaming somebody else, it's like stopping yourself. And how am I responsible for this? How am I accountable for this? What am I learning from this? What are my values and virtues? Like, is this working, yes or no? And then calling on that inner authority of making a change, making a move, changing something. Right? Oh, okay. So those are my five. Taking responsibility. Taking accountability for your own life. Learn how to learn. Grow yourself. Don't stop growing. Cultivate your virtues and your values. What do you stand for? 
What's the legacy you're leaving behind? How do you show up to people? How do you show up in the world? How do you want to be remembered? What are people going to say about you? Which doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but what's the legacy you're leaving behind for your children, for your friends, for your family, for your coworkers, for your business? And develop your inner authority. <clears throat> inner authority, the way I think of it too, is somebody who is, again, with the responsibility, has the ability to respond and make tough decisions. Have you ever been between a couple of decisions and you don't know, I don't know what to do when you have this inner conflict? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I do? Should I don't? Black or white? this way or that way, and you struggle, and there is like angst, and there is stress over a decision. Sometimes it's just what's for dinner tonight, right? Just decision, like an inner authority knows to make a decision. It doesn't question your decisions. A decision is made, and then we'll deal with whatever the decision is. It's nobody's dying today. We're making a decision. Chinese or Mexican. I'm staying, I'm going. This is working, this is not working. The inner authority will make a decision, not question it, and then, and then work with the decision that was made. Is there such a thing as wrong decision? Not sure. It was a decision that you made at the time. And maybe there are some consequences from it, but and authority, your inner authority will know how to deal with it, how to work with it, how to practice it, how to learn from it. So I think those are my five that I chose. There's a ton more, obviously, but I didn't want to overwhelm. Adulting is, again, I'll say it is a process, it's a practice, it's not a destination. It's a mindset, right? It's like a lot of things is a mindset. It's how you feel about things, how you practice things, and also the space you're able to give yourself. It's not perfection. We're not looking. There's no perfect adult that I know of. It's the practice. It's the process. Um, I think we have a few moments left if anybody has any questions or comments or yes anybody yes thank you oh great question so what were some of the spiritual Unlocking, yes. Well, I think you missed my story initially when, when I was faced with a situation that had to do with my daughter, right? And um, um, everything that I knew about my life in, in that moment, I realized was not working anymore. And so at, I think I was 34, maybe 35, when I had to change my life drastically because it wasn't working. And I looked at the four aspects of my life body, mind, spirit, emotion, right? And um, I'm one of those people, because my 19-year-old is very adventurous, I jumped in the deep end, and I did everything imaginable, every workshop, every type of therapy I could find, and uh, just practice different ways of um, growing myself. Um, for example, I found meditation, hated it, but I made myself do it anyways because I knew I needed discipline. I didn't have very strong inner authority who would discipline myself to do things even if I didn't want them. And meditation is a great practice for that. And I had to start with just one minute and then work my way up, right? So meditation was one of those things. Um, 
And for me, spirituality is many things. It's communing in nature is very spiritual for me. So when I'm feeling funky and, uh, or stressed, I go out in nature and commune with nature. Another thing I did too that's spiritual for me is um, I've, I've read a lot, I read a lot. Uh, learn to learn. I learned about different modalities. Different, I studied Buddhism. I studied Kabbalah. I studied all these obscure things that I didn't know anything about. Um, just to have a little bit broader view on things. My view was very narrow, which was hard to realize, right? Like, oof, I'm one of those people. So I had to learn to be open-minded, and open-minded by taking classes, challenging myself, and um, you know, doing things that I didn't necessarily like initially. Like yoga, I didn't like yoga either. Boring, give me a basketball, right? I wanted action, but I knew yoga was good for me. Stilled my mind, stretched my body, so I made myself do some things that I knew was gonna be good for me. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Can I expand on role models? Yes. Let's look at some of the role models that we have or don't have in our lives and where can we get them to model what an adult looked like? Great question because that's what I had to do. The first role model I used for, um, for how to adult was my therapist, Kay Rachelson. Um, she is retired, otherwise I'd recommend it to all of you all who, who wants to grow their adult, because she embodied this um, adult woman. And um, so look for people out that you know, and maybe people on TV shows or movies um, like, who were some of the people that you think of as an adult? Mr. Rogers, maybe? Right? Mr. Rogers seems to embody what it is like to be an adult. Um, Claire Huxtable. I think she's an awesome adult on TV. She had her work life, family life, and she didn't take any crap from anybody. You know, she had her boundaries clear, crystal clear. I think she's a great role model. Role model. Um, Shirley Jones from what? Partridge family? She's another one, right? Oprah. Oprah. Oprah is a great role model. I think Michelle Obama embodies um, a, a very positive, strong female adult. You know, she has been through a lot of criticism from the outside, and she still kept herself very classy and within her boundaries and didn't budge her. She knew her virtues and her values. And just because people criticized, she didn't cripple or fall apart. She knew who she was. So I think of an adult role model as somebody who, when you look at them, you know they know who they are and you know you can't mess with them, right? They, they know their boundaries. They know that they are responsible for their lives and not afraid of it. They, are accountable for their lives, and they continue to learn. They're not know-it-alls. I've learned everything I can, and that's it. No, they're great teachers, but also wonderful students, and they continue to learn their whole life. And when time comes to make a decision, they make them. That's a role model for you to look at. And age is not necessarily always that tell all. It doesn't have to be an old person. You know, it can be, there's a lot of young adults that have their lives together and run it very smoothly and well. Right? Is it time? One more question. One more minute? Is that what you said? Okay, one more minute. Anybody? Going once? Oh, yeah. How did my daughter respond to my growth as an adult? Very well. Um, not initially. It, it just because I made a decision and I found therapy, it didn't change overnight, right? She still 
rebelled against me. Uh, and uh, I, I called it my universal pop quiz, you know, to see how far I had come. And with time, you know, I learned not to react when she was reacting to me. I learned how to respond. So when I learned to respond, there was no room for reactions. And so it went from ah to <laughs> and um, we have a great relationship today. I mean, there was a moment when I thought, am I ever going to like this child? I mean, I know I love her, right? But will I ever get along with her? Like, I dreamt about, you know, having a relationship that I see some moms have with their daughters, and I didn't have that um, initially. But now I do. Now I do. We have a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for today. Uh, thank you for being here today. Let me know how you do with adulting. You can send me a message on my, on my website. I would love to hear. And if you have questions, feel free to touch base with me, okay? Thank you. <laughs>